Hi! Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we talk to Marie McCormick of the Regina Leader Post to get the Saskatchewan point of view heading into Sunday's West Final. We'll also talk to Carson Lambos, who's on a bus out to the West Coast, Winnipeg Ice on their big U.S. road trip. And we'll talk to Trent Ward of Canadens as the mixed doubles curling classic starts Friday, runs through Sunday in Portage. All the details on the podcast. The West Final, Sunday, 3.30 p.m. in Regina. One of the men covering the Rough Riders for the Regina Leader Post is Murray McCormick, who joins us now on the CJW Sports Show. Murray, thanks for joining us tonight. Hey, I'm glad to do it. I need a break from watching the Browns score against my Steelers. Oh, no. You look here, I'm still oh, no. talking. I'm sitting here in my Steelers <laughs> jersey and hat and stuff. So, yeah, it's the one team I allow myself to cheer for is the Steelers. And, uh, not looking too good so far. Well, anyway, <laughs> it's a lot. It's a it's a lot of time left. So we'll give you a, a brief reprieve yeah. here. Uh, what's the latest yeah. uh, from Bomber or not Bomber practice? Rider practice on the state of Cody Fajardo. Uh, there's a closed practice today, so we have to go based on whatever Craig Dickinson told us, and uh, he said he looked all right. He said he's confident he's going to play, and uh, I guess that kind of puts some of the. Uh, well, the, the Browns just scored again. Sorry, the last one was called back. Hang on. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing this well. Uh, basically, I think he's going to play. We didn't see what he did today. I know he, he did a little bit yesterday in the open practice for media anyway, and he looked okay. I, I can't. It's one of these injuries that I guess as long as you can keep from re-injuring it, you're going to be better off. But I don't know how long he can go and how much is the question is how long he can keep playing with it because it's, you kind of need your obliques to turn your body, to torque it, to to wind up and really throw a pass and to run, it's kind of an important muscle. So, you know, even though they say he's fine and everything's looking good, it's just going to be the question is how long he's going to be fine and how long he'll be able to go. And uh, that's the big question. I mean, he's a tough guy. He'll probably take a couple shots, I would think, and uh, just see how long he can go. So it's almost the Cody watch is almost the Cody Fajardo watch of 2019 may be over. Sooner or later, but we're still going to watch him all tomorrow, all day tomorrow, tomorrow's practice too. But the thing is, if he does, for instance, tweak it or something in the West final, he might start the game, but then get hurt during the game. What options do the Rough Riders have at quarterback and what are their chances to win with those options? Uh, I think their chances to win would decrease <laughs> significantly. It's a rookie, Isaac Harker. He played well enough to beat the Eskimos, uh, basically an S, uh, backup team that didn't really have any experience. Well, they kind of went with all their non-starters, which is hard to do in the CFL because you still got to play the guys who play. And uh, he looked okay, but he's a rookie. He's never played in the start in a playoff game. And, uh, yeah, he's unproven. So I, I think the chances go down pretty significantly. But the right, as people say, he's only one of 24, as they like to say. And they have the rest of the team. They have a still have a pretty good defense, have some pretty good receivers a pretty good offensive line. And I would think you'll see a lot and a lot of William Powell with a little sprinkling of Marcus Thigpen as the Riders will try to make up for the fact that Harker really doesn't have a lot of experience in the game. So it's, it's funny, you know, I guess the CFL is all about quarterbacks. So this West final is all about quarterbacks, isn't it? Oh yeah. The way it's you got Zach Caleros coming back against his former team. Yeah. What will the feeling be in Regina if Caleros leads the Blue Bombers to the Great Cup at Mosaic Stadium? Oh, there'll be some grumbling and whatnot. But I, 
I think people will realize what happened to Zach kind of got them the opportunity to get Cody Fajardo, though. Because if Zach hadn't gotten hurt, Cody Fajardo never would have stepped up. And they really, I'd like to say, they're set for the future with this guy. He's a good young quarterback that fits in well and looks good. And I think if Zach hadn't gotten hurt, they probably never, probably would never have found out what Cody could do. So I think it'd be a little mixed. There's, there really wasn't, uh, I don't think there was a lot of love for Fajardo, for Kolaris here. I don't think. They really, they really didn't. I don't know. I don't know why. I just don't think he really endeared himself to the community, and the community didn't sort of send it back. So, they, they, they like. I think we all want to see him do well. I, I think, but uh, yeah, I think there'll be a little bit of mixed feelings to see if he does that. I think there'll be disappointment that this pretty good rider team doesn't get to go to the Great Cup down the street. That's on the highway. And now the Bombers' offense last week uh, ran all over the Stampeders. Chris Trevler, a big part of that, despite his his foot injury. Is that what scares the Riders the most about the team, or does it does anything scare them because they've already beaten Winnipeg twice at Mosaic this season? Yeah, I, I think they'll be more prepared for what the, the Bombers offer than will provide will set up instead of the Stampeders. We had some people we saw in that game is the Stampeders weren't ready for stretch which really surprised me because the Stampeders are pretty renowned for, for having that kind of preparation. So I don't think they were ready. I think the riders know what they were. They're going to have this two headed monster and they're expecting it and they're studying film. So I, I don't think they'll be, I don't think it'll be as bad as Calgary. I think I want, do you think they're going to go more Andrew Harris? That's what I've kind of wondered. Get, get Andrew Harris to, to take over the game again. And that, that would really make a difference in my mind. But one of the things that's going to happen, it's supposed to be kind of nice here. Oh yeah, I don't know if it's win- like six above. You know, winds Ooh. about thirty click. So it's you know short weather if you're that type of person. Uh, it's going to sit outside for four hours. But it's going to be later in the day. But it's support. I don't think weather will be a factor. My famous last words, of course. <laughs> of course. But uh, <laughs> I think it's going to be a little different game. And then, you know, what more can you ask for in mid mid November than plus six and thirty kilometer winds? So. Be, I don't think that'll. I don't think the weather will be a big impact on the game. I think we'll just see two teams, two good teams, going at it and being able to showcase all of their talents. Harris torched the Riders last year in the West semifinal at Mosaic. Yes, he, he had a huge game. Uh, now, other we've talked about Cody Fajardo's health. How about the rest of the team? How healthy is this Rider squad? Well, we're not just all about Cody. We're, Shaq Evans, their leading receiver with over thirteen hundred yards and five touchdowns, injured a toe or part of his foot in the, the win over Edmonton. He really hasn't practiced much, and we haven't really seen him. So he's a, that's a big question mark. He's their big play receiver. They have a, a lot of guys that can uh, will get yards after the cats and short fields, but Shaq really extends the field. And uh, if he's not there, I think whoever's going to be there is going to be in tough. So that, that's kind of like the big, other than that, they're as healthy as any team can be with the bye. And that's, you know, that's why you, they fight so hard to get first place, because you get that bye week, they get nearly you know, that whole time off to just get healthy and relax. And uh, they're going to read the way. Yeah, it's, I don't think I've ever seen a team as healthy as other than Zach Kolaris. Not sorry, Zach, other than Cody Fajardo. Right. But this is pretty well one of the healthiest teams I've seen going into a final in quite a while. So be interesting. Hey, what's what's the word on Willie Jefferson? Is he going to be the Willie Jefferson we saw that dominated the league? Or is he going to be the guy that's kind of, uh, I don't know, not struggled, but hasn't really produced as much down the stretch? Well, what do you think? I think the Calgary, they, he hasn't really been able to get to Bo Levi Mitchell. No, none of the players on the Blue Bomber front were really able to bother Mitchell in any of those three games they played down the stretch here. Yeah. 
Uh, Jefferson has been, yeah, most games a, a factor. The pressure that they've been able to put on Fajardo, he's been able to escape from in the big moments. You could think about that drive on Labor Day yeah. that he was able to escape some pressure, but you'd have to think that this is probably going to be another defensive game just like the first two were at Mosaic. And if you're Saskatchewan, I guess if you're able to keep Jefferson quiet, you have a good chance of winning. Exactly. And I think Calgary, or Calgary did a pretty good chance. of that. He didn't have any stats against Calgary, did he? I think he no. was, which was kind of weird because like, he can own a game. Like I know people are wondering why he got the nod over uh, Charleston Hughes for most of the defensive player, but I think people just saw that he can change games. And I don't know, I don't know if he can do that against the Riders. The Riders are prepared for him. Like, they have some pretty good tackles, but I just they, they have to know where's Willie. They, they, they've got to keep an eye out for where's Willie and figure out where he's going to be because he can still do so much stuff like knocking down passes and changing passing lanes and stuff like that. So I think that's a, a big key for the offense. Uh, I don't know if you can answer that. The Riders got William Powell. I don't think a lot of people give him as much credit for what he can do. William Powell isn't, isn't not, he's in the class of Andrew Harris. I think he's only second in rushing this year. If they can feed him the ball too, I think that can take some pressure off of Cody's oblique and whoever, if even Isaac Harker has to go in there. So I would expect to see a fairly heavy dose of William Powell. And uh, if they do that, I think that kind of changes the game and kind of takes some, a lot of the pressure off the quarterbacks. So finally, before I let you go, what kind of game are you expecting on Sunday and who do you think is going to win? Well, I'm kind of like old Glenn Suter. I don't pick. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm expecting a a tight defensive game. I really think that's you know both these teams and I think the Riders have a pretty good defense. Great linebackers. Charleston Hughes has got a chip on his shoulder, and so does AC Leonard, another defensive end. Micah Johnson's got something to prove. The Riders have a a whole lot to prove on defense, and that Grey Cup. Uh, being over the Grey Cup is such a nice prize. So I think a tight defensive game, but with a couple of big plays, is going to keep us interesting. To be honest with you, I'm looking forward to this one. I think it's going to be, there's only two games, they're both two great finals going on, but I think this one's going to be an old-fashioned West final with two teams battling each other, coming down to a final possession, and me pulling what's a little left of my hair when I try to fight deadline. <laughs> so it should be... <laughs> Well, Murray, I appreciate your time, Murray, and we'll let you get back to watching your uh, Steelers trail the Browns right now. Uh, yeah, you had to remind me of that, too. Yeah, um, let me see. So, well, we're going to kick a field goal. Things are getting exciting. There okay. You. Thanks, Murray. <laughs> Bye. Winnipeg Ice are on a bus right now heading to Washington State for a five-game U.S. road trip. Thursdays at 8.30. We talked to a member of the ice tonight. It's Carson Lambeau, who I caught up with earlier today when their bus was somewhere near Regina. I started by asking him how he's enjoying the bus ride. Yeah, the bus ride's been good. Um, you know, it's, a, it's a bit of a long haul, but yeah, it's enjoyable. How long is the trip today? Uh, well, today we go 13 hours to uh, about Fernie, and then we finish it off tomorrow. So how much more do you have tomorrow? I think it's another uh, 10, around 10 hours, 11 hours, something like that, yeah. Is this the longest road trip of your life? Uh, yes, it is. The uh, longest one I've ever had so far. So how do you kill 23 hours on a bus? Um, a lot of moves. Uh, you know, just kind of guys to help the time go by. <laughs> Get any sleep? Yeah, well, then up from time to time, but 
you know, it's, it's also difficult sometimes too. Now, now, do you get to enjoy the, you know, taking a look at the countryside at all, or is, you know, in the prairies, there's not much to see? Yeah, in the prairies, it's it's pretty much the same thing for, uh, for a few hours to go. So, uh, you know, don't really look out the window too much. Right. But, all right, let's talk about the games that are coming up here. Uh, you start in Everett, who's one of the best teams in Canada right now. How daunting a task is that? Yeah, no, I think we're just going to go into that game and prepare the same way we do every game, regardless of who we're playing. Um, you know, I think when we play well and we're we're on our game, I don't think there's any team that we can't compete with. Now, the fact that you've got five games over the course of, I think it's eight days, uh, how important is it to you know, try to get as much recovery as you can between games? Yeah, it's obviously super important to, you know, get the right amount of sleep, get the, the right food in your body, and obviously fluids, so... Uh, yeah, when you're playing so many games in such a short amount of time, it's important to take care of yourself. Is this road trip mean more than other road games do just because, you know, it's all the way out west, it's your only trip out west, or is it still just, you know, five games on the schedule? Yeah, every game's the same. Um, you know, just because we do this trip once, uh, once a year, it doesn't make these games any more valuable than anything else. Okay. Uh, now, uh, you just spent time at the World Under-17 Challenge. What was that like for you? Yeah, it was a, a really good experience for me, being able to play against some of the world's best players that I've never seen before, uh, getting some, some new competition, and, and it, was, it was a really humbling experience. How was it humbling? Uh, just kind of see how good some, some players are and, and uh, you know, just how hard you have to work. Now, uh, you also got to play a bit with uh, your, well, soon-to-be more long-term teammate, Matthew Savoy. Uh, he's only allowed to play a few games this year, but what was it like seeing him on the ice on your team again? Yeah, it was, uh, it was lots of fun being able to play with him. He had a really good impact for our team, and he, uh, he really showed well. And, yeah, it's really exciting moving forward with him. I guess anytime you get to put on a Team Canada jersey, it's a pretty neat experience. Yeah, it was really cool seeing the Maple Leaf on my chest for the first time. It's uh, just kind of had to enjoy it for a little bit and uh, really appreciate it. So these games, how much hockey have you ever played in the States? Um, you know, t- tournaments from, from time to time growing up, uh, kind of w- would head down south for summer hockey and stuff like that. But this is one of my first times playing in the uh, league games in the in the States. Do you get any time at all really to – take a look at the cities that, and towns you're going to be playing in? Or is it pretty much, you know, hotel and rink? I think we'll be able to uh, hopefully enjoy the city a little bit. Any kind of food that you want to try on the West Coast? Uh, I'm, I'm actually not too sure about what's good down there and, and uh, what's better than what's in Winnipeg, so I'll just enjoy it as it goes. I was talking to your teammate Isaac Johnson last week, and he, he played – in the States last season, uh, first two seasons, and he was talking about how uh, the chowder, I guess, is pretty good. The seafood's pretty good out there, so maybe he'll uh, take you guys on a, on a trip out there in Seattle. Yeah, I might have to try that out. All right, Carson. Well, I appreciate you taking some time uh, to talk to me today, and I'll, I'll let you get back to enjoying the long bus ride. Okay, perfect. Canada's Mixed Doubles Classic gets underway tomorrow morning in Portage, and here to explain more about the event is Trent Ward. 
general manager of the Canadian's Destination Center in Portage La Prairie. I imagine, Trent, that you're hoping this event goes more in line with the women's event last month than the men's event that was snowed out. Oh, we're, uh, you know, we're praying for it. Uh, you know, the men's was quite interesting. Um, the women's was a fantastic event, and we expect the same here with the uh, mixed doubles. If we could go back to the men's event for a moment, was, I mean, that was unprecedented, and really, there's nothing you really could have done about it, I guess. No, you know, we, you know, we tried everything we possibly could do to get the event in. Um, we made no, you know, and we kept in constant communication with the players through the uh, outage, um, you know, and of course everyone was talking on how to do it, how to fit, fit two games in, change the draw and all this. And we just, you know, we just kind of held and said until two things happen, the power comes back on or the ice becomes unplayable. Um, at that time, we'll make a decision. And um, Saturday afternoon, we got word that the power wasn't going to come back in until the next day. So um, at that point, we let the players know and said we'll have to uh, cancel the event and um, we'll discuss things, uh, how we can work things out later. Now to the Mixed Doubles Classic, which starts tomorrow, uh, 10 a.m. is the opening draw. Uh, how much has Mixed Doubles really taken off over the past few years? It's well, the, when they became an Olympic sport, it just exploded. Um, and especially for, in Canada, mixed doubles was always a huge event outside of uh, North America. Um, they've had world championships for many, many years. The world championships are an amazing event to watch. There's um, used to be 48 countries that were there, and to have a round robins with 48 different countries from around the world. Uh, compete in events to get it down to uh, a, cha- a world champion in a time of a week frame was just kind of an amazing an event to watch. Um, but now that it's become an Olympic sport, it's really focused on Canada and getting the, uh, you know, the top curlers around the world playing it. So we're uh, fortunate enough to uh, have been in there from the start with Curling Canada and the help of Jeff Stoughton. And now we're continuing on and uh, it's just a growing sport now. I would assume that the fact the games don't take as long to finish allows you to just have a lot more games on the ice going throughout a day. Yeah, so normally you can get four, you know, four draws in. So we have five draws a day now for this. Um, lots of time between the game. Um, although you, although the games are shorter and that sort of stuff, it takes more out of the curlers than an actual real game of uh, I shouldn't say real game, but uh, a four-team person game. Right. Um, so you always hear that from the players that, you know, they have, they work harder. There's only one guy sweeping or one girl sweeping. There's, you know, they, it's the concentration level. It's a quicker game. You have to think faster. Um, so to get three games a day out of that, it, it's really tough on the players. Explain how the draw is set up and how many games teams are going to be playing over the next couple of days. So we have uh, 24 teams here from around the world. We've got them in four different pools of six. Uh, so they'll play a round robin to start off with. And then from there, we'll qualify the uh, top eight teams. Uh, we'll qualify. So uh, probably two from each pool. And then kind of after that, we'll take a look at tiebreakers. Okay. Uh, so the tiebreakers, uh, so we have five draws a day uh, each day. Um, 10, 12, 45, 3.30, 6.15, and 9 o'clock at evening for both Friday and Saturday. Um, we got two different pools on the ice at one time. Um, and then uh, it ends uh, Saturday night, the round robin. Um, any tiebreakers will be Saturday morning um, at 9 o'clock if needed, and then we get into our championship draw Sunday at noon, and then the semifinals at uh, 3, and then the finals are at 6 o'clock. 
So this is going to be a busy few days for these curlers. So some of them will play three games tomorrow and two Saturday, and the others will play two games tomorrow and then three on Saturday. You betcha, yep. Now, who won it last year? John Morris and Caitlin Laws. But they're not a they're not uh, well. John Morris is back, but he's not with Caitlin Laws. She's not participating this year. No, I, I think she had a previous engagement. Um, she was scheduled to be here, and then something something came up. Okay. So uh, John is now curling with a great curler from Saskatchewan, Jolie Campbell. Right. And this is an interesting thing. I know John Morris is super passionate about mixed doubles, uh, but it's something for a lot of these curlers where there are people that specialize in mixed doubles, but. We'll see Brent Lang and Jennifer Jones as a team together, a married couple that, you know, they've won a ton of titles in four-player curling where they get a chance to do something different after so many years of, of full-team curling. Yeah, and they've had success at the mixed doubles too. They they curled um, in kind of the World Curling League last year, and they went over, to, I think it was China last year, and were, and were very successful there. They've been to the Canadians um, a couple times in the mixed doubles. They were at the Olympic Trials. Um, for so you know, it's best curlers. You know, they don't shrug yourself. These you know are mixed double curlers. They are at the top of their game. Have you ever given mixed doubles a try? I've uh, thrown a few rocks. Yes, it's uh, quite interesting. Um, I'm not as uh, young and uh, you know fleet of foot as uh, most of that you need to be in this game, but <laughs> it's uh, certainly fun. It uh, it's exciting. Um, it's it, it's a great, even to get into your clubs and stuff like that, you know, I think with the way curling is moving, you know, curling has to take a look at how to get more and more people out into the sport. And I think this is one venture in to do that. Um, for those of you that love curling and can't afford the time of, say, two and a half hours to go play an 8 end game on a Wednesday night, you can shrink that down into an hour and a half. Um, something for you know you and your wife or you and your buddies to do. You don't need to find a team of four. You can find a team of two. So I think it's really helping curling bring that, come back, keep some of the curling clubs alive. For sure. If people want to check out the action in Portage this weekend, uh, how much does it cost and uh, where do they find the information? Uh, again, you can find the information on that at the website for Canadins, www.canadins.com. Uh, weekend passes are forty dollars. I do believe a day pass is fifteen, and draws are five dollars. All right, sounds good. Well, I appreciate your time, Trent, and uh, have fun this weekend. All right, thank you, Christian. Have a great night. Tune into the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from seven to nine with me, Christian O'Mel, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow! If you got an Android, then I think you're out of luck. But Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?